BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe Ben. What is going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to another edition of Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. I am your host, Joe Branham, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags. We've got a pretty awesome show for you guys tonight. I am extremely excited to talk about this game. We have the Rams and the Broncos. If you guys listen to me every week, you know I live in Colorado, so this matchup is incredible to me. This one is so much fun. Uh, Colorado Springs and Fountain, that's where I live, uh, got our first snow today. Denver got its first snow on Saturday this past weekend, so we're expecting a chilly one, but we will get into all of that a little later. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible, and with over 480,000 titles to choose from, you can get a free download right now and a free month of Audible. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash ramshowcase. Pretty simple stuff right there. Uh, first, we're going to go ahead and hop into some transactions. Then we got news. We got Rams at Broncos. And then on the other side, we've got our fan quesos. Some solid fan quesos this week. As per usual, you guys don't really disappoint me too often on the fan quesos. Except for when you guys ask questions that I just blatantly don't know the answer to. Those ones are, those ones are hard, but I think I can handle this week's. We've got some solid ones and some good participation this week. Uh, some transactions for you guys. The Rams have uh, claimed off of waivers safety. Darius Williams was formerly of the Ravens, was an undrafted rookie for the Ravens this year. The Rams also signed back center Aaron Neary, center slash guard Aaron Neary back to the practice squad. Aaron Neary has had some some legal issues. So I don't know. I don't know if those are gone. But he is now back on the practice squad, so nothing apparently too concerning there. And the Rams also have signed Rick Leonard to the practice squad. Rick Leonard was a fourth-round pick just this past draft. Some news and notes for you guys. We got some pretty cool stuff in this little section here, so I'm excited about it. So the Rams become one of five teams to start 5-0 and and scoring at least 30 points in each game. The Rams' lowest scoring output is 33 points that they have done twice. They did that this last week against the Seattle Seahawks, 31 to uh, 33 victory, and then 33 to 13 victory in Week One against the Oakland Raiders. Three of the five uh, teams that have done that have went to the Super Bowl. In that one of the or the the one of two that this is including that this whole thing is talking about is this year's Rams. So we don't know if they're going to go to the Super Bowl or not. Obviously, we don't we don't really know, and everybody's got that whole one game at a time approach. Even though we don't have to prepare for teams, but it's very exciting. The most recent team that has done this start five and zero score at least thirty points in each of your first five games was the two thousand and thirteen Denver Broncos. 
Uh, the Rams are the best road team in the NFL since the start of last season. And away from the Coliseum since last year, the Rams are now 10-1. and So looking really strong on the road. Uh, that 10-1 that and record does include that London game, uh, which was, I guess, in theory, a home game, but it was not. That was the, uh, what was it, 34-0 to, to nothing victory against the, the Cardinals. Maybe I'm thinking of this year's score. Maybe it was like 33 or 36, but it was a shutout. I know that much, and it was against the Cardinals. I do know that much also. Uh, the Rams and 49ers game next week in Week 7 has been moved to 1.25 p.m. L.A. time instead of on Sunday night football. So we got flexed out of Sunday night. And no thanks, first of all, to the 49ers. Way to go, guys. This was supposed to be like a really fun matchup this year. We were supposed to have Jimmy G versus Jared G, and the 49ers ruined that for us. So thank you guys for that so much. The Chiefs and Bengals will take over Sunday night football. And right now, the topic that I'm seeing based on Sunday night football and the flex scheduling is that the Rams could get flexed back into Sunday night football later on this year. We'll kind of see what matchups really stand out, but one to keep an eye on potentially is the Rams at the Bears. That one hasn't been talked about yet. I have not seen that one, but I think that that's a strong candidate to get bumped to Sunday night football, which would be an oh-so-chilly one in Chicago in, what is that, December Oh man, so that would be a rough one, but nothing that they can't handle, much like this week and the cold temperatures in Denver. Uh, the Rams' offensive line remains at the number one ranking according to Pro Football Focus. The Rams have not let up that number one spot this year, so that's pretty awesome uh, to see. We have, of course, four of five starters from last year starting on the offensive line. Of course, that one is Jamon Brown, who is still on the team, but is not starting because Austin Blythe played so well during his uh, during Jamon Brown's suspension earlier this year. Uh, Sean McVay is optimistic that wide receivers Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup will be available this Sunday. So they did both uh, exit the game against the Seattle Seahawks with concussion symptoms. I cannot believe there was no flag on that Brandon Cooks hit, but the guy did get fined. Uh, it was a decent fine too. I want to say it was over thirteen thousand. I didn't have the, I didn't write the numbers down, uh, but it was a decent fine. And I again, I cannot believe I did not get fined in today's NFL. I mean, that's like a, or I flagged. I mean, uh, in today's NFL, that's like an easy flag. I've seen flags for way less this year, so that was kind of unfortunate. But Cooks is okay, and that is the most important part of that that story. And then of course Cooper Cup also exiting the game. But both are looking like they're going to be ready to go. If not both, I'm assuming at least one of these guys is coming back this week. But on Tuesday, we heard that none of them were feeling any symptoms of the concussion, although they were in the protocol for that. Uh, the Ram Showcase YouTube channel. If you guys have not checked out the YouTube channel yet, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, make sure you guys check out, just search Ram Showcase on YouTube and check out my pump-up video I did. So I'm very pleased with this. I had a little bit of feedback on it because some fans were not happy about some of the player appearances that were in this, and I found that, A, hilarious, because uh, the comments were that Kenny Britt and Sean Hill were in the video, and they were, like, celebrating and stuff. That was not random. I'm just going to put that out there. This was, like, the only negative thing I heard about the video. It wasn't random, though. Those those clips were from the Broncos and Rams matchup in 2014, so rest assured, I didn't just randomly throw in Sean Hill. I know who our quarterback is. Obviously, I know who our quarterback is. Okay, guys, so uh, make sure you check out the video, though. I'm really proud of my work. I, I'm very, very new to doing videos, as most of you guys know, so I'm pleased with this. I think over time, I'll get better with it, but I think you guys should check it out and see if you get, it jacks you guys up as much as it jacks me up, because I... Uh, I was very pleased. Uh, let's check out Vegas. Vegas has some cool stuff going on. The Rams sit, according to Vegas, with a 99% chance to make the playoffs. That's pretty confident. Okay. And of course, the Rams still could technically, I guess, end 5 and 11. I don't anticipate that happening, but I guess there is a small chance that happens. Uh, to win the NFC West, the Rams sit at 97%. The Rams will hold first place in the NFC West no matter what they do for at least three more weeks now that the, the Cardinals beat the Niners 
hilarious. And the Rams beat the Seahawks. So now uh, the Seahawks dropped to two and three. The Rams obviously at five and zero, oh, and they are the closest ones to being able to catch the Rams. And then we do play them not too far out. So that that'll be a fun one. Uh, that one will be in Los Angeles though. Uh, according to Vegas, the Rams have an 82% chance to get a first round bye and a 61% chance to get the number one seed in the NFC, which would be pretty fun. Pretty fun because then we get some some more playoff action at the Coliseum. And I don't know about you guys, but I know the Coliseum kind of has its downfalls. And in today's NFL, it's kind of not the best setup. But one thing that I, I really like about it is just the history of it. Of course, you got the 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 first Super Bowl and stuff like that that was played in this game, and and then of course you have the history of just with the Los Angeles Rams playing in that in that venue, and all the amazing players that had had graced that field wearing horns on their helmets. So I personally I love the history of the Coliseum and and kind of like which is what it stands for, and uh, I personally absolutely love it, and I wish we could play there longer, but. <laughs> I know it's not the best fan experience in 2018. I, I understand that. Well, the Rams do boast the highest point differential in the league with plus 75. Plus 75. That is amazing through five weeks. That means on average, the Rams are, are beating their opponent by, what is that, 15 points? I'm not very good at math. Can you guys help me out here? Is that 15 points, I believe? I actually, you know what? I think it might be more. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good with math, especially at the top of my head. I didn't anticipate adding that part in there, but you know what? Stuff happens. Uh, the next highest point differential is the Baltimore Ravens. They sit at plus 55. In the NFC, the Bears are next with plus 46. And in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks are next at just plus two. So uh, NFC West looking pretty weak. If I'm being real with you guys, and I feel like this is a place I can be real with you guys. I try not to get too, you know, opinionated on you guys, but um, you know what? It's it's cool because the NFC West. Uh, I feel like the Rams could win like four more games and win the West. I don't even think it's really going to be a struggle. I, I'm I think I'm personally thinking that the uh, the Rams could be the only above 500 team in the NFC West, and not only just above 500, but they could potentially be the best team in the NFC. This is like turning into some kind of crazy, like almost with the Patriots, you know, like every single year you look at their division and you're like, well, obviously they're going to win the division. Uh, I don't even who else is like that this year. It's, it's kind of hard to tell. No one wants to, wants to win the NFC East, though, apparently. There's no team like that in the NFC East. We're going to go ahead and talk about this Rams at Broncos matchup. This game does kick off at 1.05 p.m. Los Angeles time. The Rams are favored in this game by seven. Locally, I know a, a lot of people coming out for this game. Locally, the game is at 2.05, so just be prepared for that. Uh, this game is on Fox. Dick Stockton and Mark Schlereth will be on the call. High of the day in Denver on Sunday is just 31 degrees, 55% chance of precipitation. At kickoff, we are looking at 29 degrees and a 33% chance of snow. Uh, this does keep changing. I saw, actually, I checked on Monday and the weather said that it was going to be about 54 degrees at kickoff and sunny. And then the next day it said 43 degrees with like a slight chance of precipitation. Now it's down to 29 and 33% chance of snow. So I'm expecting a decently cold game for this one. Uh, but that I think is going to be really fun. It's going to snow all morning. So it is going to be a cold snowy day in Denver. Uh, but just 33% chance at kickoff. So... Uh, also 28 degrees is what we're looking at for the end of the game and partly cloudy. And for, <laughs> for you LA people out there, uh, what this means. So obviously the cold is going to be a factor the snow is going to be a factor. It's going to suck. Uh, for those of you going to the game, layer up. First of all, that's my biggest advice. Just layer up, wear all that you can. And uh, the unfortunate part about this is with it becoming partly cloudy at the end of the game, anticipate it potentially getting even colder than that. Uh, when the cloud coverage is here, when it's really cold, uh, that the heat, the, the little bit of heat that is around is trapped in by those clouds. And when those clouds dissipate, it tends to drop pretty quickly. So if it does clear up the skies, that is, uh, by the end of the game, I anticipate it potentially going down to around... Uh, like a little, maybe, maybe a little over 20. And, you know, I, the only reason I go crazy on this weather is 
Uh, I've lived here my entire life. I've lived in Colorado my entire life. I kind of have a solid understanding of what this weather does here and what it feels like. So unfortunately, it is going to be a cold day and humid day. So that cold really bites a little bit harder uh, than when it's just dry out. So be prepared for that. It's going to be a big factor. And I know that I'm excited because it could be this first snow game of the year. And I've never been to a snow game. So this is really fun for me. Uh, but also know that the Rams, yes, they play in Los Angeles. Yes, they came from 20 plus years in a dome. Uh, but the players on the roster, you don't only get to draft players from your area. So I anticipated being a factor, but they have to deal with the cold too. And just last week in Colorado, it was like 80 degrees. So this is a change. And those players and people, myself included, are not adjusted to it yet. So it is going to be a factor on both teams. Not just the fact that the Rams play in Los Angeles is that like a worse aspect of it. So I just want to kind of clear that up a little bit. Uh, so let's take a look at the matchup in this game. This is the Rams offense versus the Denver Broncos defense. The Rams offense ranks first in the NFL. No one has gained more yards than the Rams. And uh, Jared Goff does lead the league in passing yards, which is really cool. Also, fun tidbit, Sunday at the Broncos is Jared Goff's birthday. He does turn 24 that day, so that'll be really fun. The Denver Broncos defense, though, uh, total ranking 26th, and they are missing Wade Phillips. I can tell you that from experience talking with so many Broncos fans. I know a whole bunch of them, so they are missing Wade Phillips for sure. Uh, passing the football, the Rams rank second in the league, while the Broncos rank 16th on pass defense. Running the football, the Rams rank 7th, and the Denver Broncos defense is 30th against the run. So rough there. Uh, just two teams worse than the Broncos against the run. And this could be a very running day with the weather that we're looking at. Uh, this is the Denver offense versus the Rams defense. The Denver offense ranks 12th overall, and the Rams defense ranks 9th overall. That is a little bit interesting considering that the Rams defense really hasn't looked very strong in the last two weeks. So still in the top 10, though. So that's something to look at. Passing the football, the Broncos and Case Keenum rank 18th, and the Rams defense is tied for 10th. And then running the football, the Broncos offense with their whole whole group of running backs, they rank third running the football, and the Rams are tied for 18th against the run. So really not strong against the run. Uh, but, and this is kind of interesting, uh, but a lot of teams play from behind against the Rams, but still having trouble stopping that run uh, early in the game. Some matchups to watch. These are We got a whole bunch of really good matchups uh, to keep an eye on. So we got Rob Havenstein, Rams right tackle, versus Vaughn Miller. That's going to be a tough day for Rob Havenstein. Rob Havenstein isn't a bad tackle by any means, but Vaughn Miller is probably the best outside linebacker in the NFL. So it's going to be a hard day for him, and he's going to need help. Simple as that. He's going to need a guy maybe like Higby. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't say Everett. He's not really a blocker, but... If, if Higby was there, given a little bit of a nudge, I would feel more comfortable with that. And even Todd Gurley. I think Todd Gurley will be helping on that side a little bit more because this next matchup, Andrew Whitworth versus Bradley Chubb, is on the other side. So, of course, Bradley Chubb, being the rookie, he was a very high pick for the Broncos. What was he? Fifth overall. Uh, and Andrew Whitworth, we know what he is. He's kind of a brick wall. Sometimes he kind of falters. I do expect Bradley Chubb to kind of have his moments where he can kind of put on some pressure. But overall, I think that the real worrisome matchup is Havenstein versus Von Miller. Uh, the next one I have here is Marcus Peters versus Demarius Thomas. Marcus Peters, in the last two games, uh, he he has, you know, he did hurt himself uh, like three weeks ago. In the last two games, has not looked like himself. Has honestly, this is probably the worst in the NFL that he's played in his career. So I'm looking for Marcus Peters to really step up uh, in this game. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, they're good receivers. They are aging a little bit, but they are still very talented receivers. So uh, Marcus Peters, Nikel Roby Coleman, Sam Shields, all these guys are going to have a lot of trouble. It's very unfortunate that Aqib Talib's not playing in this game. Would have been fun to see him against his old team. Uh, left tackle Garrett Bowles for the Denver Broncos against Samson Abukam. And Abukam has an extremely high motor. I don't hate this kid at all, but... The simple fact is the Rams edge rushers are not getting it done. So the the Broncos offensive line really isn't that good. And I think that this is a good game potentially to get those edge rushers some decent action. 
uh, with obviously Longacre on the other side. Center, Matt Paradis for the Denver Broncos against Nadamakan Sue. That's always going to be a tough battle and a tough matchup no matter who your center is. You have to go against Nadamakan Sue and your guards have to go against Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers. It's going to be a tough matchup every single week. Matt Paradis is probably the strong point of this Broncos offensive line and that's why I used him uh, for this example and against Nadamakan Sue. So that's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, I put Case Keenum versus the Rams secondary, but I put a question mark on it because really this is more of just the storyline of Case Keenum used to be the Bronco or the the Rams quarterback. So I think it'll be cool for Case Keenum and Jared Goff to kind of battle it out. I think that'll be fun to watch. Uh, but overall, I mean, Case Keenum, we know what Case Keenum was. Last year, he played for Pat Shermer. We know what Pat Shermer is because in 2010, he was the Rams offensive coordinator. The last time the Rams played in Denver, um, Pat Shermer was the the Rams offensive coordinator, uh, but that was a good year for the Rams, especially offensively. And I think Case Keenum was kind of just a product of Pat Shermer, much like Sam Bradford was in with his time with the Rams. Of course, the second Pat Shermer left, a lot of things didn't go as well as it had been going with him. So I, I, I put this matchup on there because Case Keenum used to play for the Rams, but overall, I'm not overly concerned, I guess, about Case Keenum. Uh, next one here is uh, Philip Lindsay versus the Rams linebackers. Philip Lindsay is an incredible back, and he he was undrafted this year by the by the Broncos. Called up Terrell Davis to ask him if he could use his number and stuff, and he has lived up to it completely. I think Philip Lindsay is he's he's really, and it's not just that he's putting up the numbers; it's how he plays. This kid's going to be really good for a long time, and I think the Rams will have some trouble with him, especially. You know, not doing great against the run, uh, tied for 18th against the run. I think Philip Lindsay's going to have a, a pretty decent day, especially because I'm expecting a lot of a lot of ground attack in this game uh, with that weather. And the Rams linebackers just, I, I'm not going to say they're undersized or, or they can't get it done or anything like that. Uh, it's just Wade Phillips' defenses usually give up a decent amount of running yards, and I think that that's really what it is. That 3-4 really just kind of opens it up. That It lets the, the offensive line attack. Uh, when there's only three down linemen, they can kind of get up to that second level to those linebackers a little bit quicker, and that you know, your short runs against a 3-4, usually 2-3 yards, uh, especially against the Rams and, and the way that they play. They are a little undersized up front. And then I have Austin Blythe and Roger Saffold versus Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf is a stud defensive lineman in the NFL, and it's he's kind of just in a, in a weird situation with the Broncos. They have talent on their team, but they do not have the coaching or, or the leadership uh, for the Broncos. So uh, some former Rams on the Broncos team, not that many of them. It's just Case Keenum and safety Darian Stewart. You guys might remember Darian Stewart with his time with the Rams in St. Louis. He actually was the Ram safety the last time... Uh, the last time the Rams were in Denver, I remember watching him play. Number 20, I remember. Uh, and Wade Phillips, we got Wade Phillips versus the Broncos. And I don't, I I, I was trying to look at the roster and if any, ever, if anyone else on either team played for the other team at any point, it wasn't noteworthy. That's, that's what I've come to the conclusion of. Uh, three from each. So three players to watch from each team. Let's start with the Denver Broncos, the home team. Uh, first, I'm going with Derek Wolf. I had already kind of mentioned Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf is an absolute monster, and I, for one, am not looking forward to hearing that howl that happens when Derek Wolf makes a big play. Uh, you guys will probably hear it on TV. If he does make a big play, you'll hear the entire crowd doing their their wolf howls, and I'm not going to do one for you because it's Rams Broncos week. I can't do that. Uh, next up, I have linebacker Von Miller. Obviously, we know who Von Miller is. Von Miller is one of the best in the NFL. He's on pace to go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, the kid is good. We'll say that. The kid is is a monster, and he just gets it done. And he's one of, like, the craziest guys in the NFL. Like, he's, like, such a huge personality. You know what I mean? So he's he's a lot of fun to watch on most weeks, not this week. Uh, running back, Philip Lindsay. I have mentioned Philip Lindsay before. I kind of talked about all these guys before, but Philip Lindsay. Uh, absolute stud out of the backfield and he is being used and that's awesome to see because he's got the talent for sure I wish that the Rams used their rookie running back Sean McVay I'm talking to you uh, but Philip Lindsay getting it done for the Denver Broncos and becoming a, a solid target out of the backfield as well he's not just a just 
you know, running up the gut or anything like that. He's he's becoming an all-around back, and that's uh, interesting to see. So, Philip Lindsay. Uh, for the Rams, obviously Todd Gurley. I'm going to put Todd Gurley on this list probably every single week because uh, he's always a player to watch for the Rams. He's an absolute monster. He catches, he runs, he blocks. He does whatever you need to. He says, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs on TV sometimes. If you guys didn't see that, then you guys don't know what I'm talking about. But if you did see it, I laughed real hard at that. I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, next up, I have linebacker Mark Barron. Mark Barron did lead the team in tackles last week. He led the Rams in tackles with five, uh, which really isn't that many. But when you give up 30, 31 points, you know, maybe <laughs> you're not going to have too many tackles, apparently, because they're scoring touchdowns. Uh, but Mark Barron, I think that last week was kind of one of those games where, you know, he's got to kind of get back into his groove. I think that this week he kind of feels that out a little bit better, and uh, I think he's going to perform better this week. And then wide receiver Robert Woods with Cooks and Cup coming back from a concussion. I'm I'm a little bit on the side that they might be, I guess, not necessarily on a snap count, but a little bit more limited than they would have been if that didn't happen. So I think Robert Woods has a big day today, uh, on Sunday. And he's he's the receiver that I'm looking at to uh, to really have the most attention uh, from Jared Goff. Uh, the history of this matchup: the Rams do lead the all-time series eight and five points scored in this game in this matchup. The Rams have scored 282. The Broncos have scored 278. So very close. Only four points separate these two teams all time, but three three wins for the Rams more than the Broncos. Now the Rams have won the last three games in this series. Uh, the Broncos have never won two consecutive games against the Rams in their history. The most recent game between these two was November 16th, 2014, a day that I will always remember, 22-7 to for the St. Louis Rams. Uh, this game was very exciting. It was kind of, we went into this game, and the, this is kind of what I want to talk about here with you guys. We went into this game, the Rams were not a very good team. We had just benched Austin Davis. We were going to Sean Hill. It was his first start. Uh, in that little session there and the Broncos had Peyton Manning and uh, a peak Emmanuel Sanders Demarius Thomas and their entire team of basically studs they were monsters I think this was what was the year after they went to the Super Bowl so really strong team and the Rams won that game I have a lot of Bronco fan friends saying like oh man you guys are going to beat the crap out of us on Sunday I just mentioned this game. Like, yeah, we thought that that was going to happen to the Rams against the Broncos in 2014. We thought this was the, the Rams were going to get absolutely destroyed. So that's why they play the games. Games aren't played on paper. Sometimes they're played in snow and cold, and it changes everything. Uh, the first game between these two was November 12th of 1972. That was a 16-10 to win for the Denver Broncos. And then the last time the Broncos won in this matchup, was September 8th of 2002. It was a 16 to 23 victory for the Denver Broncos. And of course that was that was when the Rams were really awesome. So, you know, after of course that was a uh, the season, it was actually the first game that the Rams played after losing the Super Bowl uh, to the New England Patriots. Uh, but that is going to do it for the first half and on the other half we've got fan quesos. So, don't go anywhere. For the latest news, player updates, and information, go to Elite NFC West. The team at Elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table. With Smitty's live Q&As, you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot, as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West. From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk, Elite NFC West has you covered. Like us on Facebook today and represent. Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. Don't miss the chance to become the go-to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin.
This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to ratpacksports.com for more information. Stay up to date on the latest sports news. Come check out After the Whistle from 4 to 5 p.m. every Friday night. We talk about the NHL. We talk about the NFL. We talk about the MLB. You name it, we got it. Tune in on Sports War Radio. Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. And now, back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs. And welcome back to Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. For those of you that have not already, make sure you guys follow the Rams Showcase on everywhere, basically. Instagram and Twitter at Rams Showcase, Facebook.com slash Rams Showcase. I try to make it as simple as possible. Also, check out YouTube, YouTube, and just search Rams Showcase you can watch me do the game preview every single week. And there is potential that other, newer, more different Sheriff Joe Bags list content enters the YouTube world. I can't guarantee anything, though. I can't guarantee it. And I've already said too much. Too much. Let's go ahead and hop into this week's fan quesos. Uh, this first one comes from John. John wants to know, how would you rank the following Rams running backs? Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson, Todd Gurley, Steven Jackson. This is a hard question, John. This one's tough. Uh, if I could, I'd put them all at number one, um, but I know that that's not what you mean. So I'm going to go ahead and do my best here. I'm going to go at four. I'm only going to go Todd Gurley because of the, the limited time that he's played. He's not an old guy yet, uh, although talent-wise, he is insane. He's an extremely talented player. And I think that by the time his career's over, he will not be sitting at four anymore. Uh-oh, what's happening here? Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. I've been saying that so much ever since I heard Todd Gurley say it. It was when uh, Cairo Santos hit the, the go-ahead field goal this last week. He like looks back and he's like, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. And it's my new favorite thing in the world. So I highly recommend it. Uh, after that, uh, if, if I'm only looking at their Rams careers, Rams careers alone, after that, I'm going to go ahead and put Falk, uh, simply because a lot of his damage was also done in Indianapolis. And as, as far as the Rams go, I mean, yeah, he was an absolute star, but, uh, I think Steven Jackson coming in at number two and he was the workhorse for the Rams. And there was a lot of years where he was the only relevant player on the team. He was the only one. He was behind a terrible offensive line with absolutely no pass game in a defense that couldn't do anything. So it was just Steven Jackson versus the world, basically. And I think if Steven Jackson would have been in a different situation, uh, I, I think that his career probably would be being talked about as, as like Hall of Fame level easily. Uh, but simply because, I mean, we were going through like Linehan and Spagnuolo at the time. Uh, just never really worked out. And then, of course, if you you if you are using your powers of deduction, that leaves number one being running back Eric Dickerson. I think that Dickerson, just the way that he played, the way he commanded, of course, he wasn't really a weapon in the past game. I think he had, what, one touchdown catch his whole career. Uh, but running the football, he was a running back. He did that better than any of these guys. Absolutely. I think that he was, as far as a running back goes, uh, Eric Dickerson is an absolute monster, was an absolute, and maybe still, maybe still, maybe I'm being a jerk here and maybe he can still absolutely rip it up. I have no idea. He looks like he's in pretty good shape. Uh, next one here from John is the Rams collective talent level on defense higher, lower, or the same as the talent level on last year's team? This is a really good question. And, 
another hard one. But I would say that the talent level, if we're just looking at talent level alone, I would say that this year's team is more talented on defense. I mean, you have a keep to leap, Marcus Peters, Nadamikin Sue. Uh, you have these studs. We didn't know that John Johnson was going to be awesome last year, you know, and a lot of people were still kind of down on LaMarcus Joyner last year. And these are all guys who were great football players. So I would say at the linebacker position, I don't want to say that we're necessarily worse. At linebacker, I'd say we're even because Ogletree and Quinn were not playing their positions. Ogletree had no business being in a 3-4, much like Robert Quinn had no business being a stand-up or an outside linebacking pass rusher that did that it, it didn't make sense there was no reason for that to happen except for wade phillips instilling his defense and just using the personnel that he had so i think overall i mean i don't know how long wade phillips is going to coach us i really don't it could be one year. this could be it it could be next year and that's it i don't know but i think once wade phillips really gets his guys in that this defense is going to be insane if if we get a chance to really see that. Uh, this one comes from Robert. Why are we giving up so many points the last few weeks? So this one, I mean, the Rams are 5-0 and now and are the last undefeated team in the NFC with just the Chiefs being the only other undefeated team in the entire league. Uh, the Rams have a target on their back. And with the weapons that the, the Rams have in the secondary... Uh, I think people are just, they're, they're being a little ballsy. They're kind of just taking their shots. And I think that that really started with the Chargers. Phillip Rivers was not afraid to throw against our secondary. He was trying, you know? So I think that that kind of like let the rest of the league know, like, go ahead and try. Like you, some cool things might happen. You don't know. You got to go ahead and give it a shot though. Uh, but I think really overall, I mean, I just think that we're not, we're giving up so many points because we're not getting home on the quarterback as, as much as we should be. Uh, next question here from Robert. Do you think Josh Reynolds proved that he should get more snaps? I think he proved that he should get more snaps last year, man. Josh Reynolds is an absolute monster, and he's got great hands, runs great routes. He's got the size. I don't see anything wrong with Josh Reynolds. They even said earlier, I think it was, what, in the preseason, that we have four star receivers and josh reynolds was that fourth one uh, obviously cooks woods and cup being the first three but mcveigh was talking about reynolds i think reynolds gets a fair amount of playing time in this game and kind of going into the future no team has rotated their wide receivers less than the rams rams really just run with those top three guys but i think josh reynolds i think he's a guy that can absolutely uh, step in and, and and perform and Kaderil hodge looked looked pretty solid last year as well this next one here comes from Justin. Any new updates on Cup and Cooks? So really the only update on both of these guys is that they're looking fine. I am not expecting them to miss this game. I'm not expecting either of them to miss this game. Typically with concussions, you really don't miss time. That's about a five-day injury through the protocol, everything like that, until they're just like, yeah, you're good to go. So I'm not concerned. Uh, of course, I do record this on Wednesday, and that's when the first injury report comes out, and I have not looked at it yet to see uh, how much of uh, participating they did in, in the practice today. Uh, Justin wants to know, your biggest concern about playing Denver? Uh, a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention the, the weather just because it's going to be kind of a, a pain, uh, especially for, for us in the, in the stands who are not running around getting our blood flowing. So I would say that's definitely a concern. Uh, as far as anything else, though, I would say that the, the, the Broncos running attack. The Broncos run the ball really well, despite, you know, not really playing that strong in many other aspects on the field. So uh, I would say that their, their running backs are 100% a concern for this team. And if we don't jump out on them early, they could close out the game with a running attack on us. We have to go into halftime with the lead in this game. That's just something you have to do. You have to take that crowd out of it too. In 2010, I was at this stadium watching the Rams and Broncos. The Rams were up 33 to 13. People started leaving. I'm sitting there with my sister and I told her, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. This game is not over. I'm not leaving. She's sitting there all cold and she's like, okay, fine. So half of the crowd is already gone. The Broncos start to come back. The Rams get the ball up by three points. It was 30, 33, 36 at this point half capacity in the stadium. I can't stress that enough. 
I could not cup my sister's ear and have her hear what I was saying to her. It was that insane. So I think getting the crowd out of the game is extremely important in a, in a game with the Denver Broncos. And everybody's trying to stay warm. So they're trying to move around. They're trying to get loud. They're trying to stomp. And I mean, that place shakes. I've never experienced that before. I mean, of course, all the other venues I've gone to have been like Coors Field. And you don't get a lot of that happening in a baseball game. But couldn't believe it. It's The whole place shakes. You guys will probably see that on TV the cameras can't even stay still. They can't even stabilize the cameras enough uh, in in certain situations. The cameras are shaking like crazy. So that, I would say, aside from the running game, is, is my biggest concern about playing the Broncos in Denver. Kelsey, next up, I would love to see Javon Brown back in the starting lineup and slide Blythe into starting center. I actually, uh, Kelsey, I'm not, I'm not over, overly opposed to this, to be completely honest. I think that this would be a, a solid... A solid little move here. I, I remember you mentioning something about Jamal Brown early in the week in on one of my Facebook posts, and in my mind, you just like this is what I took from that was that you wanted Jamal Brown to start over Austin Blythe at right guard, and that was it. Uh, this makes a lot more sense to me, uh, considering that John Sullivan point blank is the weak link on the Rams' offensive line. I think Austin Blythe moving to center would be beneficial, but does he know the calls? Does he know the calling, the protection? Does he do that uh, the same way that, that Sullivan does? Because that's what I'll say for Sullivan, is that he's really good at making sure everybody knows who they're supposed to block. So if Blythe can do that, I'm 100% on board. If not, then I'm good with the way it is now. I would like to see Jamon Brown back on the field because I don't think he's a bad offensive lineman by any means. I think he's he was our weak spot last year uh, uh, on the line, but I really just don't think he's bad. I mean, and Brown is one of those guys I've watched him for, for so long. After I watched the, the, the Shrine game, I was watching Jamon Brown because it, it was a time of the, the Rams where we just needed all of the offensive linemen. So I was watching the, the both lines really closely and Jamon Brown stuck out to me. And immediately that day, I think I posted on Facebook and everything. It's like, I like this kid, Jamon Brown. He's awesome. So, uh, I think that that would be the proper move if Jamon Brown was to come in is to slide Blythe over John Sullivan for that center spot. But only if he can handle it. Like I said, if it, only if he can call out the protections and everything. Uh, Deshaun wants to know, will it snow? Oh, Deshaun, will it snow? Uh, yes, it's going to snow. Um, it's going to snow Sunday no matter what. Uh, whether that leaks into game time, that's still kind of up in the air. But, uh, yes, it will snow on Sunday. That's, that's pretty, pretty solid. Um, unless something crazy happens and, and this storm just kind of passes over or goes north or south. Uh, either way, I, I really do think that, that all morning it's scheduled to snow from like 1 a.m. until about, well, about 4. <laughs> so, uh, it's gonna leak into the game, it looks like. So, it looks like we'll get the first snow game of the year. And I'm very excited about that. Uh, MJ wants to know, how can the defense be fixed? I have not been impressed with them so far. You know, and it's not, I feel like they're losing the eyeball test, but when you actually look at what they're doing, they're doing pretty, pretty okay. You know, they do rank ninth in the league right now. That's after five games. We're over a quarter of the way through the season and they're in the top 10 on defense. I don't think that that's necessarily a surprise to me. And it really shouldn't be a surprise to many people considering the roster that we have and the defensive coordinator that we have. But really the whole thing right now is the Rams are just not getting home on sacks. And when you're not getting home on sacks, more completions happen, more first downs happen, more anything happens. It's just you're just not getting the quarterback is to put it in the, the Deacon Jones way. It's like putting the entire offense in a sack and hitting it with a baseball bat. And I think that's just the perfect way to describe what a sack really does for your defense. It really does boost up everything. Not only do you take away yards, they also obviously lose the down, and you change the entire game plan of the offense. If they can't block you, you change the entire game plan of the offense. If they can block you, you're gonna they're going to go deep on you. And eventually, no matter who is on your team, a team's going deep on you long enough it's going to work out. They're going to get some completions. They're going to get some deep touchdowns and their crowd is going to get into it. And that's what we need to stop. So MJ, uh, how can the defense be fixed? 
need to get home on sacks. And that's not even our fault necessarily. It's our fault because of the roster that we have, because people get rid of the ball so quick and our corners love to play off and they love to mass pass protect. So they hit like slants and stuff. And it just works out when we blitz, you just hit a little quick slant or an out route, something like that. And because our corners play so off, those are usually open. So, I mean, we just need to get home on some sacks. Get those hands up. You know, what was it? Uh, Corey Littleton had a really good pass deflection against the Seahawks. Uh, Got to get those hands up. If we can't get home, get those hands up for sure. Uh, David wants to know, do we actually have an edge rusher? I mean, we have a few. We have a couple. I mean, they we have them. They do exist. I mean, we have Samson Abukam. We have Matt Longacre. We have John Franklin Myers. Uh, are any of them actually good? That I don't know. I mean, I was excited for Samson Abukam coming into this season, but right now I would say that Samson Abukam is, if if I had to go ahead of in time here, if I had to go into the future, I would say that this is going to be Samson Abukam's lone year starting uh, as that edge rusher for the Rams and possibly Longacre too. I think that the Rams edge rushers is that's what they're going to attack in in the offseason. I would see I, I'm assuming that there's going to be some new names in those positions come next year. Uh, Paul wants to know if you had a ruler, how big exact measurement, please, are Sean McVay's cojones <laughs> following that fourth and one go for it call in Seattle? Uh, Paul, there's only one thing wrong with your question is uh, you're saying if I had a ruler Unfortunately, a ruler being only a foot long is not big enough to measure this. So unfortunately, can't be done. It's like trying to measure how big the Titanic was with a yardstick. You just can't really do it. I mean, there's ways to do it. It's just going to be time consuming and you're going to need a whole team of people and you have to make marks, first of all, because when you have to move the, the yardstick. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things involved. Um if I had to do a, a guess, I would say uh, extremely big. <laughs> that's, that's what I would go with. Uh, I loved it, by the way. I was yelling. I, I was pretty loud this game. I don't know why. I just have a couple of games every year that I just get extremely loud. I like lost my voice um, for the Seahawks game. Uh, and I was like yelling, like, go for it. Like, if we don't get this first down, if we cannot pick up one yard to close this game out, we don't deserve to win. And I was getting all crazy. And then when we put out the punt team, I was like, oh, man. And I was like, we can still go for it. Hecker <laughs> fakes it all the time. And then they called the timeout. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. We'll just figure out what we're going to do. It's probably Hecker's just going to boot the crap out of this ball. And then I see uh, Jared Goff walking out. And I lost my mind. I was so excited and, and it worked. And, um, yeah, pretty much that's, uh, that's how that story goes. A quick little story for you guys. Uh, Paul's next question here. Any concerns about the secondary of the Rams moving forward? Marcus Peters has some serious grill burn marks on his buttocks. Uh, yeah, Marcus Peters, man. Um, he, he reminds me of Janoris Jenkins. And I know some people are not going to like that. Janoris Jenkins was, in his time with the Rams was my favorite Ram until he went to Twitter about his contract situation. And then he, I made comments and I was blocked from him. <laughs> you know, George Jenkins blocked me on Twitter. It's a long, it's not a long story. I just told you guys, but uh, he, he plays like, like Janoris Jenkins in my mind, Marcus Peters does. And the reason that I say that is because he guesses on routes and, but that's why he gets a lot of interceptions also. Like that's what, I mean, he kind of baited that interception that he had in week one uh, for that touchdown that we all remember and I will always remember, but uh, he guesses on routes. You can see there was times where he would turn his head to the outside and then at that very second, the receiver would cut it for a post. And so he's just behind him. Like he's not going to catch catch that. So I'm thinking of Tyler Lockett, if you guys are curious about <laughs> what, what I'm referencing here. So yeah, he's just, he guesses a lot and he's going to be right and he's going to be wrong. And it's unfortunate because I think he's graded like 112 according to pro football focus in, in corners right now. So that's not, not very good at all. But I also think he's kind of not necessarily getting picked on, but I mean, without Tlaib and in the way that this Rams defense is going right now, I mean, he's left in one-on-one -on -one coverage a lot. And if, if he's going to guess and he's going to be left in one-on-one -on -one coverage, 
there's going to be times where a wide receiver is wide open for a deep catch. So I think that's just a Marcus Peters thing. I think that he just needs to feel a little bit better, maybe spend some more time in the film room. I, I don't know. I don't want to sit here and criticize considering I'm sitting at a laptop right now and he's he's like a football player. So I don't want to get too crazy here. This one comes from Dylan. Um, Dylan Dylan says, uh, do you think that the new 2019 Cummins engines and the, the new you know, 3500s will have enough to pull out a yacht in a muddy situation? If so, I would like to purchase a black one, specifically in a dually with a twin turbo Cummins diesel and a sound to boot. I'm not much I'm not much one for subtlety. Oh uh, yeah, Dylan, I don't really know much about the Dodge Rams, but um I did say Rams questions, so I I mean in fairness, I think I have to answer this. Um do I think that that's enough power? Yeah, man, cuz Rams have all the power. If it's got Rams on it, it's got enough power to do whatever you want it to. Uh, this next one comes from Deshaun. Besides Vaughn Miller, who on the Denver Broncos can wreak havoc on us? I'm going to stick with Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay is is a, is the guy. He's the, he's their offensive guy right now, and I would put him right now. I'd put him. Uh, he's more dangerous than Demarius Thomas. He's more dangerous than Emmanuel Sanders. He's way more dangerous than Case Keenum, uh, and I think he's the he's listed on their depth chart as their third string running back. But he plays a whole bunch, and when he plays, he performs. So I would say. Uh, as far as on the Broncos, who's going to be a guy that we have to really keep an eye on? That's, that's going to be Philip Lindsay. MJ wants to know, what's Oboe's status? Uh, we're not really going to have an update on Oboe until uh, until he's really done with the, the PUP, which is, is really just a couple weeks now. I mean, he should be getting wrapped up soon. So I am expecting to hear maybe something next week we can hear something about Oboe. Uh, but the Rams do have uh, after this next after this next game, uh, he is eligible to return to practice, and then from that he has three weeks to either be cut, put on IR, or active in a game. So uh, we'll kind of see what happens. But I'm I'm kind of expecting this could be the last game we don't see Oboe because I feel like him being placed on the on the PUP was uh, more of a sign of like we knew he wasn't going to be available for a little bit in the beginning of the season and didn't want to use up a roster spot, which is a problem that the Rams have had right now. So it's, it's kind of a smart move that the Rams have done this because you, know, you look at some of the injury. I mean, the Rams are using two roster spots on a kicker right now because we can't waive Greg Zorlein because he'll get picked up, and we can't just we can't just put him on IR because then we won't have him for a while. So the Rams are forced right now to sit at two kickers. Uh, we went into the game last week. We didn't even have the full inactive list because we only had 52 players on our roster going into the last game. So it's just kind of an interesting situation. But Oboe, I am expecting to hear something next week, but we're not really, uh, I have no information for you right now. And MJ wants to know, and when will Kelly get some use? I have it on a pretty good record here from uh, one of my good friends that the, there's a gut feeling the amongst, we'll say a couple Rams fans, that John Kelly could play this week. That's just a gut feeling. We have no basis on that. Oh, I just laid out that I'm one of them, didn't I? Uh, we have no basis for that, uh, but it could happen. I think it's going to happen pretty soon, and I don't know why it hasn't. Honestly, I, I wish I could answer that. I wish I could give you guys a reason, uh, but he's fine. You know what I mean? He's, it's not like he's hurt. He's out skateboarding and stuff still, which I'm not too big of a fan of, but it's okay because he's okay. Does that make sense? Uh, this next one comes from Steve. Will the NFL ever change it to Super Bowl or Super Saturday? Going to work Monday after the Rams win it is going to suck. Yes, uh, the the Monday after the Rams win the Super Bowl, whenever that happens to be, whether that's this year or in twenty years from now, Steve. Uh, then I I know for myself I won't be working the next day for sure, one hundred percent. Hopefully, uh, that. This hopefully this happens and I, I won't even have to really worry about it. Hopefully, like my boss calls me and is like, you know what, man, saw the Rams won the Super Bowl. I'll see you in a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's I feel like that's what, how it would have to happen for me. And I mean, everybody knows. I ask everybody, everybody I know. This is what there's a new thing I've started doing. I ask them, what is the first thing you think of when you think of the Rams? They always say me. And then I say, what's the first thing you think of when you think of me? They say the Rams. I'm like, all right, perfect. I'm doing something right. That's exactly what I wanted. 
Uh, we'll see here. But I don't know, actually. I don't know if it'll ever change to Saturday. That's a very solid point. It could explode if it was... Explode. The Super Bowl could get popular if they changed it to Saturday. Anyway, next one here from Ian. How much is the altitude going to affect, affect the Rams' play calls? Haven't seen Goff play in cold weather, so curious to see how you think he will perform. I think Goff's going to be fine. Uh, he's a football player, and I know he's a Southern California kid. Grew up as a Niners fan. Ooh. And then went to Cal, obviously, and got drafted by the LA Rams. So he's a California kid. But of course, you know, he played for Cal. So, I mean, there's some cold weather games that he played while in college. Uh, and then, of course, I, I think, okay, so the altitude is going to be a factor. And I think we could see some balls sail from Goff because he's not really used to playing up here. But he has played up here. He did play in the preseason game. So, uh, so I'm not overly concerned, to be honest. I think that, if anything, the altitude would mean that we might be able to take some more chances here. But the cold, I don't know. You know, it's going to be a good one. But I, I'm expecting a pretty run-heavy game in this one uh, because of the weather, not because of the altitude. What I think the altitude will do is call for more substitutions. It is very difficult to breathe in Colorado and in Denver. Denver obviously being the mile high. Colorado Springs is a little higher than that, so I'm super used to it, but... Uh, when, when you're, if, for you LA guys, when you guys come out here, I want you guys to like try to run for like a block and just see how you feel because it's hard. Okay. The air is super thin and it's, it's much more difficult. So I do anticipate some more rotating in this one. We'll try to get through the rest of these here. I know I'm getting close to my hour with you guys, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll answer all these. MJ wants to know, other than Baron, who are you going to try really hard to get an autograph from? I'm going to go for Jared Goff, man, because I've already got a Jared Goff autograph. I've got it on my flag. I, I got that the first year at the Rams were in L.A. Uh, when he was a rookie. Uh, they were covered by like hard knocks and stuff. I, I met Jared Goff that day, and he signed my flag. But it's going to be his birthday. It's, he turns 24, and I really just want to have, like, I just want to say happy birthday to him. And I really want to meet Sean McVay because if I do, I'm going to do everything I can to convince him to make a, a woo video with me. I'm going to try to, like, because I'm making a video uh, – for this game it'll be, it'll be i don't know when it'll be released to be completely honest it's gonna be a lot of footage but it's I'll, after i'm done editing that i'm gonna do that but I'm, my goal is to have sean mcveigh send it out with a woo that's gonna be i want that to be the end of the video in the worst way so hopefully that can happen but those would be like the two and obviously mark Barron. i'll try to i will try everything i can to be mark Barron in this game uh who's returning kicks in this game i am under the assumption so you use that knowledge uh, assumption. You know what, what they say when you assume that you're a big old jerk. So uh, <laughs> hope you guys got that joke. Uh, I said that today at work and it did not go over well. No one understood what I was saying. Uh, but I'm assuming it's going to be Jojo Nats in, in this game. Uh, if not, obviously we will see Blake Countess. Uh, do we get Jeezy back? Oh man, I hope so. Because that air is thin. Those balls sail. I saw Greg Zuerlein in, what was it, 2012, maybe, 2013. Uh, it was a preseason game in Denver. It was the final kick. The Rams were kicking a field goal before halftime, and it was like a 53-yard field goal. He would have made it from 70 yards. It was absolutely insane. I'm only watching that ball fly. I was in the 500s at the time, so it's like I could see everything, and... And I'm watching this ball fly. I'm like, man, like that guy's insane. I got a text immediately from some some of my Bronco fan friends who were like, man, he would have made that from 75. And yeah, I, I think that Jeezy back would be a huge help in this one. And I, I said last week, I was it on my, it might have been here, it might have been on my pregame live that I said that I think I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Greg Zurai breaks the NFL record for longest field goal kick in Denver. But if it's going to be snowy, oh, I don't know, maybe my prediction... Maybe don't go with that in Vegas or something. This one comes from Cody. With the injury history, uh, are Greg Zerline and Barron worth bringing back? Are we done with Dominique Easley? And if anything, uh, and anything ab about if this uh, is Big Wits last year and grade each individual lineman? That's a whole lot, Cody. <laughs> a whole lot of stuff. Let's so let's break this down. With the injury history of Greg Zerline and Mark Barron worth bringing back. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Greg Zerline is an awesome kicker. Sometimes he shows some inconsistencies, but when he's on, he is on. And it's hard to find a kicker in the NFL that's that's better than Zerline when he's on. With Mark Barron, 
overall, he hasn't really had the worst injury luck in the NFL. This is just kind of an unfortunate situation. So I would say yes, as well as him. Uh, but also factor in bias there. Uh, are we done with Dominic Easley? I am going to say yes. And uh, Dominic Easley is an awesome guy and I don't think he's a bad player by any means. Uh, but he's not on the field. And, you know, at some point you got to just, you just got to move on from a guy, whether you like him or not. And you got to just do it. And Easley is, is one of those guys for me. I, I, I like Dominic Easley, but I would not be sad one bit to see uh, the Rams move on from him this offseason. And anything about this being big wits last year, that I'm just assuming because he's super old. So I don't know. Uh, but also, I doubt he's even thinking about that right now, considering the Rams are looking real good. They're playing some strong football, and there's a lot of season left. So I don't even think that he's thinking about that. Great each individual offensive lineman. I'm going to go with a B for wit because he has been giving up some pressures. Uh, we leave him one on one a lot, so it's kind of difficult. I'll go B plus because we do leave him one on one a lot, and eventually, I mean, somebody's going to make a move, and he's just not going to be ready for it. Uh, Saffold gets an A. Saffold is an absolute wall. Uh, Sullivan, I'm going to go ahead and give Sullivan like a C minus because he's not playing necessarily poorly, but he is the weakest link on the, the Rams offensive line right now. Austin Blythe, I'm going to go with, uh, I'll go with an A minus uh, because I think that. There are some times where he kind of just doesn't go for the right guy and, and he kind of just double teams one guy when a linebacker should have been blocked and then, you know, Gurley gets swallowed up. So I'll go with an A minus there. And then uh, Havenstein, Havenstein, I'll go with a B plus uh, because we haven't heard his name a lot. And that's really good when you're an offensive lineman. We don't want to hear your name. I don't want to hear your name if you're an offensive lineman. Uh, and that's a good thing. And I think he's doing a, a solid job over there on the right side. Kelsey wants to know, um, well, Kelsey's question is, I think we should keep Rameek Wilson in on running downs and Mark Barron only on third downs. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with this because Mark Barron is an absolute tackle machine uh, and he's a he's also a TFL guy. So uh, he's getting tackles for losses. So I think that that's, I think I would keep Mark Barron in personally. Uh, I didn't like how there were times where he was like third and one that Marquis Christian was playing linebacker. That's not a passing situation. They said he was going to be a linebacker in obvious passing situations. Third and one is not an obvious passing situation. I don't care what anybody says. So I didn't like that. Um, but Barron, obviously, with, you know, coming in his first game, I, I believe that it had a lot to do with that. Um, do you think Kaiser should get some playing time? He is a tackle machine, led NCAA in tackles last two years, first person since Keckley. I don't know that name. Uh, maybe you're saying Kukli. I don't know. But I, either way, maybe you spelled it right and I'm being a jerk, but I don't know who that is. Uh, so Kaiser though, I mean, in preseason, we knew he was an awesome run stuffer and I mean, he's been that in, for in for a while, especially in college. Uh, but can he do it in pass coverage? And that's the, the lone question. So I would like to see I'd like to see him out on the field more, for sure. I think that Kaiser is is a solid player, but I want to see him perform better against the pass, which he did show progressions of uh, in the preseason. And then Jason's question, of any of the wide receivers that the Rams have had on their roster but did not make the final cut since we were on Hard Knocks in 2016, who is your favorite? How does that compare to our current backups, especially uh, Kaderil Hodge? I asked him to reword that because it was a little confusing to me. So he did and said, of all the re receivers we've had in the last three preseasons, who is your favorite that is not on the current roster? So uh, I think <laughs> Spruce was mentioned. That's hilarious. So Spruce, I mean, I was a fan of Spruce. He was an absolute monster in college. Uh, but in the NFL, I mean, he was just... He's never did anything. You know what I mean? He's actually... I think he's on the practice squad for the Chargers, I believe, right now. Uh, maybe, I don't know. He was, he was with them for preseason. So, uh, I would say I would go with Paul McRoberts. Actually, uh, Paul McRoberts was so far of the LA Rams since the return receivers that are, have not been sticking around. I think Paul McRoberts absolutely had a star, a uh, chance to be kind of a star. I think he had all the talent. Uh, there was that other dude that was featured on hard knocks. Uh, I, I loved his attitude, and as a dude, he was super cool, and I was a big fan of him as a dude, but 
on the field. He just never really did anything. So Paul McRoberts and I, I don't, I'm not even going to say Nelson Spruce. I was a Spruce fan in college, kind of like Manziel. You know what I mean? But like people still like to talk trash to me because I love Manziel. I'm just a Texas A&M fan. Leave me alone. He did so many awesome things for Texas A&M. And then Nelson Spruce being here in Colorado, setting records, catching everything that went his way. Uh, I mean, that was just a lot of fun to watch. And I was hoping that that was going to go to the NFL and it, it just didn't, it just didn't work out. So uh, he still actually works out with, with some of the Rams receivers and stuff. Um, so pretty cool stuff there. Uh, that is going to do it for Ram Showcase, though. Thank you guys all for, for checking out. Thank you guys all for your fan quesos. I know I went a little bit over. I hope you guys are okay with that. I hope it's okay. I'm sitting was like one, uh, a little over 103 now. So, we're, I mean, not too bad. Uh, but that is going to do it for me. Uh, make sure you guys follow all the Ram Showcase social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase, and search Ram Showcase on YouTube. You can also follow me at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. You can also just be my friend on Facebook. You can search Joe Branham. should pop me up there. And if you search Sheriff Joe Bags, it might also pop me up there. Like possibly. I can't check because I'm logged in on myself when I'm on Facebook. So... Unfortunately, I can't check. Uh, but that is it for me. Uh, this game is super exciting to me, and I can't wait. I hope you guys enjoy the content from from the stadium. We'll be doing a little bit longer of a live than normal, uh, just so people can kind of filter in and filter out. But I will let you guys know ahead of time what time I'll be asking the trivia questions. You guys can be in for that. And then uh, we'll hopefully hopefully be getting some uh, some good snow shots for you guys. And then uh, once we get into the stadium, I'll post a few more things. But after that, phone's in the pocket. I enjoy myself. I don't live through my screen. So, gotta, gotta do it. I gotta do it, guys. I'm sorry, but I can't... I'm not gonna be posting pictures all day and stuff, because uh, I'll, be, I'll be just enjoying my time. So, uh, that does it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.